Welcome to Generations. This is Kevin Swanson, your host, also Steve Vaughn with me on this edition. And Steve, I don't know if you caught the list of the finalists for Time Magazine Person of the Year. And this year, uh, wow, uh, quite a list of dictators, pop stars, and uh, the people who have prosecuted Donald Trump. Uh, I take it you didn't make the list. No, I didn't make the list. (laughs) These are supposed to be the people that most influenced the events of 2023. And the caveat is for better or for worse. Now, this, of course, applies to the kingdoms of this world versus the kingdom of God. And there are, you know, multiple kingdoms involved, and they don't really pay much attention to what's going on in the kingdom of God. Somehow over 2,000 years, 30% of the world population has moved towards, you know, the Christian faith in the sense that they confess or profess the Christian faith. And so not so much interested in, you know, what Jesus is doing, the kingdom of God works like yeast. It's a tiny seed, uh, eventually turns into a gigantic tree, and it's like yeast, and it works somewhat, you know, secretly, such that it's hard to really see what's going on. But uh, evidently, there's, you know, more than what meets the eye that's influencing the world around us today. And that We're going to get to some of that in just a moment. But uh, the, li- the guys on this list are Xi Jinping, which is the... <laughs> President of China, also Taylor yeah. Swift, Barbie. Oh, wow. King Charles III, Vladimir Putin, the people who prosecuted Trump, and OpenAI CEO Sam Altman all made the list uh, for uh, 2023 big impactors in the world for 2023. Well, uh, a Chinese premier and a Russian president. What does that tell you, Steve? Seems to me that influence is moving from west to east. And I make that point in. My book, Epoch, The Rise and Fall of the West, certainly the influence is moving. It's moving. It's moving. The West, far less interested in preserving the family and uh, the basics in social living. The East is more interested in traditional family, traditional marriage, etc. The The West doing everything it can to commit Harry Carry and destroy itself uh, socially, economically, etc., We've looked at a number of metrics, and it seems to me that uh, not only is social integrity moving towards the East, but also the, you know economics, power, influence moving towards the East as well. China, as a percentage of the world GDP, is roughly 10 times in better shape than it was in the 1970s, 1980s. And so, you know, obviously... Obviously, something significant is happening. Power is shifting. Money is shifting. Social integrity is shifting. What's the deal? Well, until, you know, by God's common grace, something happens in America and the Western world, it does appear that the West has collapsed. Western civilization is pretty much gone. And, uh, and Time Magazine is at least recognizing that point. I still think it's a little odd that an American news magazine would put a communist Chinese and a demagogue from Russia on the front page of Time Magazine as person of the year. I still see that to be a little bit odd. Well, they they did have Hitler as the person of the year back in the, uh, what, the 30s. And so he was a mover and a shaker. But what this does say is that the American influence that the founding fathers were hoping for 
is pretty much all but dead. They were they were hoping that with this form of government, with the way they set this up as a representative republic, that people would see what the United States was doing and they would want to copy that and give the freedoms of this type of government to others as well. But uh, that we have pretty much lost that. And I can see why, you know, especially this current administration and even the past number of administrations really has had no influence on the world whatsoever. Nothing in terms of a positive influence. You would hope that the Western world would present something of a positive influence for the world. But now, of course, about all we have to export is LGBTQ and Barbie movies. That's pretty much it, as far as I can tell. Now, King Charles III also made the shortlist for Person of the Year, and that, of course, marks the end of Elizabeth II's reign, and now we have an adulterer and adulteress taking the throne of England, again, marking the sad end of Western civilization. Be back with more in just a moment to take a look at the front cover of Time magazine as they identify Person of the Year for 2023. Back in just a moment. Hello, my friends. For the last 15 years, the Generations team has produced a Christian curriculum specifically for families who want to give their children a God-centered, Bible-saturated, biblical worldview-based education. Our commitment is to restore the Christian faith, generational faith in an age where we are losing faith in this country and almost anywhere around the world where Christian children attend secular schools or use secular curriculum and imbibe secular culture. Now, we're not relying on the pre-Christian Greeks for an educational model here. We're not relying on the post-Christian secularists for the education model either. Our curriculum is based in a biblical worldview. We put hundreds of Bible verses in the history books and integrate the truths into the subjects. We want to glorify God on every page of the science books. We immediately integrate knowledge into life application and natural revelation with special revelation. We keep Christ at the very center of the history books with preparing the world for Jesus and taking the world for Jesus. I believe God is calling this generation in this highly secularized age to a radical change in how they disciple their children. Please check out our program for education of your children and grandchildren at www.generations.org. And we are back on Generations. Kevin Swanson with you as well, Steve Vaughn. And taking a look at the shortlist, the nominees for Time Magazine pushed Person of the Year uh, 2023. And it turns out that, you know, the, the, what we have to offer as the United States of America is not so much political figures that are doing anything of consequence. But we've got Barbie <laughs> that is presented as a possible for Person of the Year 2023. I'm not sure, is this the first time that a make-believe character has made it to the list? Probably not. I'm guessing Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck was up there at some point. But Barbie is, of course, a make-believe character that turned into the most popular philosopher of our day. Now, here we have a pop philosophy that came out of a movie that very rare when you get something like Barbie, a philosophical take on feminism, that's uh, something of a comedy, but not quite a comedy, something of a serious philosophy uh, trying to identify the zeitgeist and, and then sell it to the masses. And I believe that Barbie has 
topped something like $1.5 billion in the box office. So really, it's had a worldwide phenomenon that uh, no other movie that I know that would you know carry something of a philosoph- philosophical message like that has ever accomplished in the history of film. So it, truly, it was an amazing year that Barbie uh, made it that far as a movie. It was, wasn't just advocating feminism, but coming to the conclusion of John Paul Sartre's existentialism, uh, really pressing self-definition self-idealization or self-recreation that is you know becoming one's own god not only determining one's own roles or gender roles or or gender i think transgenderism was also uh, pressed pretty hard in the movie but but actually getting to the point that we replace god we become our own god recreate ourselves according to our own image and 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 then, of course, eventually become the determinant of our own ethics. So first, determine our own existence, define ourselves, and then define our ethics. So again, this is probably one of the most self-consciously autonomous man turning himself into his own god, a sort of presentation as anything that's come out of Hollywood ever. So Anyway, that's uh, Barbie. And so it wouldn't surprise me she'd wind up on the front cover of Time magazine. Yeah. Yeah. It. it I mean, that that is our that is our culture. Uh, Make believe culture, a clown world and all of that. And, uh, you know, as you were talking, the phrase that my dad used to tell me back in the day, it's not the fall that hurts. It's the sudden stop at the end. And so we are as a society, as a nation, as a culture, we are falling and people think that it's okay. I mean, it's, it, you've said this too, you're, they're kind of waving, you know, everything's going okay so far as they're waving to people on their way down. But, uh, you know, they're going to know, you know, that the truth will be found out. And I, I saw a bumper sticker one time that said, hell is truth learned too late. And, uh, and mm-hmm. that's, yeah. that's really what's going on. They're, they're going to know the truth. The question is, is it before or after they come face to face with God? Finalists for Time Magazine, Person of the Year, 2023, on this edition of Generations. And the last character I want to touch on is uh, the pop music phenomenon of the 2020s, Taylor Swift. Uh, she dominates the pop music genre today, not quite the Michael Jackson, but she has you know, broken some records. I think she's a billionaire plus at this point, at least that's the sort of money she's raking in at this point. So she is almost the Michael Jackson of the 2020s. And here's another important takeaway. I think is we are moving more towards a woman dominated pop music system at this point. And of course we've taken a look at what's going on with pop music. It's actually Nothing like what it was in the 1970s, 1980s. This is the Babel, uh, Tower of Babel of the 2020s that is collapsing slowly but surely. But it's interesting that four out of the top four most popular pop stars, seven out of the top 10 of the 2020s are women. So of, of the last four to five years, what we're seeing is that women are dominating the pop music genre, which what, what makes this most interesting to me is that the 2020s uh, represents uh, women more likely to walk over the line of despair. Why is that? Because pop music is effectively the means by which 
the crossover from decadence to despair occurs. And that's really what pop music is all about. Pop music, uh, as representing the zeitgeist or the spirit of the age in the modern world, a postmodern world, uh, takes us by the hand and works us from decadence. It starts in decadence. That's what pop music is all about, first and foremost. And then it works our way from decadence over the line of despair, such that about half the songs are decadent and the other half are despairing. So, I mean, if you, you want to you know, look at the lyrics, Taylor Swift and the other pop music icons of the present day are presenting and go all the way back in the 1990s, even the 1980s, you'll find initially it's close to 60 to 70% decadence and then 20 to 30% despair. So that's typically what man does especially as his civilizations crumble in on itself. So about half the songs are decadent. The other half are despairing. Uh, the unique thing about Taylor Swift is that she was a crossover from heartland country to pop. She's an excellent candidate, probably the best candidate of all to take the Western world from decadence to despair. So, you know, recently the song Anti-Hero, I think that was from 2022, if not 2023, Anti-Hero was written in a mental asylum, as far as I can tell. So if you read the lyrics, you're going to, this is what it looks like when somebody in a mental asylum writes a suicidal type of song. And uh, that's about her third biggest song of all time. Also, I Don't Want to Live Forever, Fifty Shades Darker, etc. These people have walked over the line of despair. So pop is nothing more than the worldview that takes us from the decadent to the despairing. That's the very definition of pop music. In the 1990s, the popular despair artists were guys like Kurt Cobain. Then it turned into Billie Eilish and Taylor Swift in the 2020s. And that's what it looks like when a culture is committing suicide. First, men like Kurt Cobain, then women like Billie Eilish and Taylor Swift will lead the world into suicide. So my point is this, is that typically, Steve, it's, it's, the suicide rate is higher for men. Men give up quicker than women do. Women have something of an ability to sustain a civilization, but now we're looking at women leading the pack, uh, so to speak, in the line of, of leading the culture over the line of despair. And sure enough, despair deaths are about 100 times what they were in the 1970s today, as uh, we've reported a number of times. So this is what it looks like for a Western culture to walk over the line of despair. And would it be appropriate to put somebody like uh, Taylor Swift on the front cover. Well, yeah, in the sense that uh, she's probably one of the most significant movers and shakers. She is leading the culture over the line of despair to uh, total suicide. And this is what cultures do. And uh, you can pick up the full story in my book, uh, Epoch, the Rise and Fall of the West. I've got a section on uh, what it uh, looks like for a culture to to move from optimism to pessimism and ultimately into uh, despair. And so, friends, that's that's what we're looking at for the Western world at this point. But, you know, I mean, hey, there's hope in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come out from among them, be separate, saith the Lord. You know, get off the, the, the suicidal merry-go-round, I guess that's what I would say. <laughs> uh, at this point, Steve, I think I would encourage people to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ who uh, came to destroy the devil, the works of the devil, and uh, to overcome the, pa- the power of death over us and to give us the, the hope of everlasting life. And that was what we need to, to reflect in our music. 
uh, in our mode. Remember, the mode is as important as the message. And so we abandon all of the popular forms today. We get off the merry-go-round of popular culture and uh, we we exemplify the resurrection life of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we need to do uh, as as we as we face the decline of the West. But again, the hopeful message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, it, it said that you can live three weeks without food, three days without water, three minutes without air, and about three seconds without hope. And one of the things that I try to impress upon my students is that, yeah, I. I kind of complain about how things are going, but I also want to let them know that I am optimistic. I'm optimistic not in the world, but I'm optimistic because I'm I'm a child of the king. I I am I am a Christian and I know what the end holds. This this life we're going to have you know, some in this life we're going to have trouble, but this life is but a mist compared to the everlasting glory that we will be living in forever and ever. And so we have, we above everybody else should have that hope. And and with the hope that we have in Christ, that empowers us to live for live live today, not live for today, but to live today, to get through the day, because we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. We cast off all of the extra weight, the encumbrances and the sin, and we are to run that race with our eyes fixed on fixed on Jesus who for the joy set before him endured the cross despising its shame. So yes, we can complain a lot, we can talk about what's going on in the times, but we must never ever ever forget whose we are. We belong to the one who is always still and always will be in control of all things. We can perceive what we're seeing, but our perspective needs to be God is in control. He has a plan and a purpose for everything that he does, which includes glory to him and building his church. Not a bad deal. And so that's what I live for. It's interesting that you know you use Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. That was precisely the text we went over in our men's Bible study this morning at uh, 6.30. But now I'm going to bring my own list in, okay? It's not, I guess it's uh, Kevin's person of the oh, there you go. award. But, uh, but let's get another list going here, guys. It's time to get another list going. The world passes away with its lust thereof, but he who does the will of the Father abides forever. Keep that in mind. But who are the real movers and shakers for the kingdom that really matters? And I would say the Nigerian Christians are on yeah. the list for sure. The heroes withstanding unprecedented persecution from the Muslim hordes uh, coming from the north and coming in from uh, the east. And uh, those Christians in India and Pakistan that uh, really had to wake up to uh, higher levels of persecution, unlike anything we've seen, perhaps in hundreds of years, especially in India. So these are hard times, these are tough times. And yet these uh, men and women of faith are standing against this uh, demonic uh, persecution and oppression that's coming up against them. Praise God for the Nigerian Christians, those in India and Pakistan and other places around the world that are standing firm. Also, let me throw somebody else on the list here, the uncompromising Christian leaders here in the Western world that are not giving way to woke in the squishy evangelifishism uh, that seems to be so so much around us these days, faithful church members still attending churches that preach the word straight and true. And yet they're continuing to love the brothers and sisters. They're not quitting. They're standing up despite the massive apostasy that's hit the country. 
I do believe that what we're facing here in this country is as severe as what our brothers and sisters are facing in Nigeria and other places around the world. It's only more insidious and, of course, it has a spiritual aspect to it. But as, as much as Christians are able to stand against the raging apostasy of the day in which uh, tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of people used to attend faithful churches are walking away from these churches in Europe and North America, and yet there are uncompromising church leaders that are continuing to preach the word straight and true. There's still a love for Jesus. There's still a, a teaching of the true gospel message, and uh, there is a continuing church going on in the Western world. Thirdly, on my list, are the homeschool leaders in South Africa, Brazil, Mexico, Ukraine, places throughout Europe, they continue to, to build under very difficult circumstances. Homeschoolers in the West planting gardens in the ashes they're still rooted in a Christian heritage. They're maintaining a biblical worldview. They're ignoring the nuclear wasteland and uh, planting gardens in the ashes in faith and hope and love for one another. And then one more for you. The stalwart Republican congressman in the U.S. House. I think there's four <laughs> yeah. of them. No, <laughs> 20 of them. Or whoever they are, I don't have their names, but I know they're <laughs> out there somewhere. But they're not giving way to the insanity of Washington. Uh, they're voting no on the spending bills, uh, driving America into umpteen trillion dollars of debt on a monthly basis. There's also the poor wise man who saved the city, but no one knows who he was. They forgot his name. So that's uh, from the book of Ecclesiastes. I don't know if you, I don't have the text in front of me. You know, the poor wise man who saved the city, but nobody remembers who he was. And so there's that guy too. So we'll put him on the front (laughs) cover. We're just not sure who his name is. Uh, So friends, these are the heroes. Most of them don't have names that we could share, but uh, praise God, they're there. What more shall we say? What more shall we say? Uh For the time would (laughs) fail us to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah also of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourging, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two, tempted were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. These are the men and women of faith that belong on the front cover of Time Magazine. But friends, no, they're on God's front cover. (laughs) And that's uh, what matters. These are the men and women of faith. And uh, may we take up that heritage, that legacy ourselves as well, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, as Steve mentioned. Well, friends, that wraps up this edition of the Generations Broadcast. We'd encourage you to our book, Epoch, The Rise and Fall of the West, to better understand the context of what is going on in our present day. This is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation. 